I'm good. Okay, let's do this thing. Welcome back to the Mixed Bag Podcast, uh, the For the Ladies podcast that talks about everything that's going on in women's golf. And today we're doing a live episode from the home of Justin Cruz. Live and in person. Gotta I think our, our first live and in person in quite some time. So this is I very know. exciting. Yeah, probably since Solheim Cup. Probably. And we're back at where, you know, it where, was that night. <laughs> where it all ended. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, before we get into it, thank you to Sarah Hutchins for stepping in and doing the podcast. Um, loved all her takes and her feedback and... It was great. It was a lot of fun yeah. as expected. Sarah brought a lot of hot takes, um, some inappropriate, uh, less than desired, probably attacks on French people and French culture. But hey, you know, she brought it. She was great. She was well-researched. Yeah. She's coming for both of our jobs and positions. So we will miss Sarah, but you never know. One of us could go on leave be asked not to return, be on suspension. <laughs> yeah. And Sarah's always ready in the bullpen. So it's I great to that. have. Yeah. And I studied abroad in Paris. So I don't think I would have appreciated all the hot takes, but you know, it's all good. Not a big deal. Well, and you also made a really nice troll friend from that podcast. So I mean, a lot, a lot happened. I will say in our troll friend, uh, in her opinion, uh, we were not well researched in regards to us pulling for Lexi Thompson to win, even though Lexi uh, did not make the trip to Evian to play in the event, which only adds to my belief that if one of the top players in the world in good form isn't playing, how is it really a major? I think that's fair. Is she playing this week at the AIG Women's Open? She is in the field <laughs> okay. list this week. I was week. like, oh, crap. <laughs> um, well, great. Well, thanks to Sarah. Um, before we get into it, um, for the ladies' events, we're going to have a little August break because I'm getting married this weekend. Um, but we do have our full slate of fall events on fortheladies.net. I think there's up to nine of those. And going to some new locations like Louisville and going back to Denver. So I'm pretty excited for it. And as we always do, we must start with Justin. I think I need to talk about mine as well. Um, golf updates from us personally. I think we should, do we want to start with the parent child? <laughs> sure. So the parent child I participated in, I was texted by my brother, like two days before and was like, Hey, are you able to play on Sunday? I was like, sure. He's like, it's the parent child. And I was like, I don't want to play in this, but fine. So we made it three holes before Aaron screamed at me and I departed the golf course. <laughs> so you, no card participation. Nope. And I said, if the best part is, of course, I tweeted and I was like, this will make or break us. We're doing this a week before the wedding and it broke us. So that, that happens. That happens. The best of intentions that sometimes go wrong. <laughs> so, you know. I don't know if I'd say we've made up, but it's wedding week. So you kind of just like figure it out. Okay. So that was attempt two at, or attempt one at competitive golf. Yes. Then you played in the big Inverness women's classic with my wife as your partner. And that went a little better. At least you finished. I, when we got to the fourth tee, I was like, I'm already doing better than I did in the parent child, Stephanie. Like, this is great. Um, so first day was um a sh scramble for the first nine holes and then this chapman alt shot for the yeah. back nine we played really well in the front nine the first day played poorly on the back nine made some poor strategy decisions and so stephanie came home and spoke to justin about how we needed to play for the rest of the week 
Yeah, you guys tried to play a shot out of the long fescue grass mm -hmm. when you should have just taken a drop. And instead of making, what well, probably would have been a six or a seven, you made an eight. Right. And that might have been the difference at the end. I know. So then the next day, we shot a 28 on the front nine in a shamble. And the back nine was best ball. I don't even know what we shot. Uh, I think you ended up 32 and I think you yeah. shot 60. You guys came storming back. Oh, we did. Won. Well, the best part, like we knew we played well when people started coming up to our table and be like, oh, you played really well today. We were like, great. Like we had a great time. We, had, we loved our caddies, mm -hmm. uh, Liam, the ultimate hype man. Um, it was so fun. We ended up finishing second overall in net and we won the shamble yeah, yeah the 28 so really proud of my put efforts. a little money in your pockets yes yeah, stephanie bet on us so that helped mm -hmm. with the money situation um and i feel good about my 2022 inverness competitive season <laughs> all happened in one week a silver medal and a no card participation yeah no no results so yeah. I'd say that's fairly successful. I think so. That's as far as my competition will go. <laughs> that's nothing wrong with that. Um, so how about yourself? So I played this last weekend in the men's club championship. The Friday afternoon, we had a qualifier. I played very well. Uh, shot 73. I think that was the tie was second, the second yeah. best score of the day. And then that goes into a eight-person uh, match play. I won the first match rather convincingly, played very well again. And then that afternoon went out. And as they say in tennis, I had it on my racket and I just couldn't close. I was one up with three to go, was in good position on the 18th fairway at Inverness, hit just a deplorable half shank wedge, you know, made a mess of the hole and my opponent had a, about a five footer for par that he never even had to putt. So I lost one up on the 18th hole to a great guy. Um, and he ended up being the eventual champion. So I think this is about the fourth time in the six years that I've been a member there that I've lost to the eventual champion. So I don't Aww. think it counts for anything, but Hey, for an old guy like me, I was 14 years older than the other three players in the semifinals it was a young crew so there's a fun fact yeah i thought the atmosphere was super fun we were playing behind the last group of that and um i just like love seeing everybody yeah. riding around in cars it's cool it it's was fun awesome. to play in the afternoon yeah. on that saturday is fun to play so fun. a lot of you know friends supporters family people out riding around in carts having cocktails you know congratulating you when uh when you're done so as tom watson said when he didn't win at turnberry you know this ain't no funeral and that's what i told stephanie i was disappointed we were both very sad that i didn't win but for me two years in a row to get to the semifinals of that event is a a great accomplishment we had a great dinner afterwards so <laughs> <laughs> we did have a great dinner afterwards i kind of made it an internal goal after um my disappointment to go to a local Mexican restaurant and see how many margaritas I could drink in about 90 minutes. And now the margaritas there are small, but I think we were paying the check for the first round at the bar and I was already ordering my second one. So I think I had about 10 or 11. I think that's probably close. But 
I felt fine the next morning, had a few waters in there. So it was good. It was a good way. It was a fun weekend playing competitive golf. Yeah. As you get older, when you don't get to play a lot, it's fun. Keep some competitive juices uh, flowing. So a couple more member, member type events and some other small things, but uh, crazy on August 1st, the, the golf season starts to kind of wind down a little bit. I know. I know. So I guess we should get into it. There's a lot to cover with our last major championship of the season. Um, but before we do quickly recap the trust golf, Scottish women's open um, LPGA tour rookie, Akaya Faru won her first title. She has seven J LPGA wins. Um, but it was her first appearance in the event and she just went, you know, bonkers on the final round to shoot a 10 under course record one by three, um, Celine Boutier. I mean, I watched like the entire back nine. She just like, wasn't really looking that good. She had a lot of mishits off the tee. She wasn't missing putts or anything, but I mean, when you have somebody going 10 under, it's, you know, puts a lot of pressure on you. Yeah. Can't make a mistake. And that she had three bogeys on the back and it was like, is it that leaderboard anxiety or just what is it? But end of the day, Selena has had a good year, six top tens, and she is ranked 15th in the CME rankings, which is based like just on the season. Um, so I think it's okay. a great event. Yeah. I really, it's kind of like the men's yeah. Scottish open. This event mm-hmm. has been raised in profile uh, last year they played at Dunbarney, which was a cool oh, golf nice. course. This year they played at Dundonald Links, but I think it's really fun to watch Links golf. Um, it's on early in the morning. It was on Golf Channel. Got a lot of you know good TV coverage and a big television window. And the leaderboard going into Sunday was really really good. I mean, friend of the program Lilia Vu was right there. I know we had texts and were pulling for her. Celine. Uh, Lydia Ko, you had a lot of players in really good form, and Ayaka Furu came out of nowhere to a certain extent, stormed up the leaderboard, and at the end, it kind of became somewhat anticlimactic, um, just because she played so well and Celine couldn't really capitalize yeah. at, at the very end. But a really solid leaderboard, a really fun event. I, you know, I think this event is trending upwards and. Like I said, much on the men's side, these kind of pre-calls to the Open Championship have become really marquee events and really fun to watch. And I think for American fans, just getting to watch, you know, traditional Lynx golf where the ball is on the ground, the different shots you play, I think is really, really compelling. You know, I would like some of these courses to maybe play a little tougher, but sometimes that's just you know you're at the mercy of conditions and if it's not windy and the weather's good the players are so good they're gonna take it to 21 under and that's what she did so a very deserving win and you know another good young player that you know gets their the proverbial monkey off their back with a lpga tour victory yeah and like the men kind of ran into the same thing oh yeah um so yeah it's just kind of what you get but playing playing those older courses mm-hmm uh, well, moving on to the AIG Women's Open, it's the final major of the season. Uh, the purse is $6.8 million. Last year, they made their big increase to 5.8 and made the announcement that they would go to 6.8. However, I was reading the LPGA notes and they said that the RNA will share the purse breakdown. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's going to be another announcement coming. Interesting. Um, I just, but I was like, well, it's an RNA owned event. So who knows? But still, really great for the championship, great for women's golf to have a purse of that magnitude. Um, so yeah, happy about that. 
But to start, would love to talk about the course, Mirrorfield. It is being played here for the very first time um, and figured we can provide some background on why that is. <laughs> um, it's a very exclusive place. So it was pulled from the Open Championship, the men's, Rhoda, after the club, uh, a club vote to allow female members failed in 2016. It's never had female members. Um, so then the club voted again in 2017 to admit them for the first time. And then by the middle of 2019, two years later, it followed through on that and formally announced 12 new female members. And then in August 2020, it was announced that it would host the AIG Women's Open. So just like a lot going on um, before we were able to welcome Mirfield back into the Rota and also host the Women's Open there. Yes, the Honorable Company of Edinburgh Golfers, mm -hmm. uh, one of the oldest standing clubs. Um known and has the reputation of being extremely stuffy and largely unfriendly. Mm. Um, I did play there this spring. We can get to that later, but also usually regarded as one of the 10 best golf courses in the world. Sure. And what the RNA does since they've taken over this event and you look at the future sites with coming to St. Andrews in 2024, with Carnoustie last year, with Muirfield this year, you are going to sites that also appear in the men's rotation. And I think any golf fan, as I talked about my affinity for Lynx golf, you want to see, you know, the top female players in the world get the opportunity to play these amazing golf courses. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. So Muirfield was, you know, kind of stuck their feet in the mud and they weren't going to adapt with the times. And I think once they fell out of the open rota, I think that was the incentive they needed and a good way for them to come back is to host this event. So to go yeah. from Carnoustie to Mirfield is, is really quite something. Yeah, I can certainly appreciate just like places evolving. So not gonna hold them against it forever, um, but just, it, you know, it is certainly of note and it's part of their history and it's something we, you know, should talk about. But other parts of their history that I think are really cool is, um, you know, they wrote the first edition of the Rules of Golf. They helped commission the Claret Jug, which is what the Men's Open Champion wins every year. Um, old Tom Morris created the original layout. So I'm, at the end of the day, there's a lot of really cool history um, along with the negative history. There's always good too. So um, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, you know, if you, I mean, I think now is probably a good time to hear you talk about your time there because <laughs> I'm, um, you know, for me, I was just doing re most of my research is from the fried egg um, and, you know, for them, and you can definitely speak to this, is that the members play the two ball formats exclusively, whether it's foursomes, which is alternate shot, or in groups of two. Um, I just think it's like an interesting tidbit. Yeah. Did you guys have to do that? So we played a 36 whole day. We played our own ball in the morning, mm. go in, change for lunch, put on a tie, right. have the big traditional lunch, which the lunch, I said another pod is crazy it's you know rack of lamb steak pork. oh my gosh it's not like a club sandwich or a chicken <laughs> yeah. salad sandwich and you're off for another 18 holes it's a big big heavy lunch wow. and everybody's in there drinking as well so it's a heavy cocktail awesome. lunch heavy food lunch but yes the club matches and the traditional handicaps are kept by and large in a alternate shot format so cool. you play a club match as they call it with your partner you can bet they almost have like a bookmaker type situation where they there's bets 
and wagers made oh, on, each club, <laughs> on, on each club match. And when we played alternate shot in the afternoon, we played 18 holes in two hours and 15 minutes. Because what's interesting is it's not as if you and your partner both go back to the tee. If you and I were partners, I walk back to the tee and you kind of take a path off the previous green and you're, you know, 250 yards out in the fairway. Hmm. So you're hitting my second shot before I'm 20 yards off the fairway. That's crazy. And it is, they play fast and they play quick. And I think that's to either get in for lunch or get back to the bar, but it's a really, really neat place. The, the biggest thing is the routing traditionally yeah. in Lynx golf, like at a St. Andrews or a North bear, you play nine holes or eight holes going out. You might, you know, bend around and play one hole. St. Andrews has the loop. Then you play, you know, the back nine coming back in. Okay. This course is kind of done in a clockwise, counterclockwise formation. So what ends up happening is the wind is always switching. Never play more than three holes in a similar direction. It's crazy. The front nine travels clockwise around the exterior of the golf course. And then the back nine goes counterclockwise through the, the middle of the golf course and has the the famous kind of red orange brick mm. uh, as you finish uh, on 18, but a very unique experience, just how the property moves over the golf course. Uh, I think one of the par threes are incredibly challenging. You know, a lot of deep bunkering that you see with links golf and 17 is a great little par five. I wouldn't say little, but it's a great par five that sets up a birdie opportunity coming down the stretch. So I really just think with hopefully we get a little bit of wind. Uh, they have the course set up at about uh, 6,600 yards plus. So I don't think it'll be playing uh, too terribly long if it's firm, like we saw for the men's open at St. Andrews. So you'll see a lot of balls rolling into bunkers or rolling into high grass, but should be a really, really fun and exciting tournament to watch. And like I said before, credit to the RNA for bringing this event to one of the premier golf courses uh, in the world, really. Yeah, no, I'm excited to watch it all. Um, if you go to their website, just like AIGwomensopen.com, uh, you could see like all the course flyovers. Obviously you can do the same thing if you go to the Fried Egg website or their YouTube, but um, just like really gorgeous place and um, excited to see it. Are there any holes along the water? Not really. You oh. can, as you get early in the front nine, you can see the water off in the distance. Is that where the wind's coming from? Um, I don't, I couldn't, I'm, that's not, what I I'm not that smart. I, where the you're wind's not a meteorologist. From, but uh, you can see as you get to higher points along the golf course, Okay. Uh, some wind. But the other thing that's so cool about this area is uh, Gullen is another golf course that's right next door. The Renaissance Club that hosted a tournament is very nearby. And then North Barrick, which is where Katrina Matthews from, mm. is in the same area. So you have kind of these four, you know, very well-known courses that have hosted a lot of events all within one little area, which is really cool. Nice. Nice. Well, super excited to watch it. Um, we are... Should we talk about TV? Uh, oh my God. Yes. Let's talk about TV. <laughs> I totally it was such, for... a, such a subject last time so... with our, our flip over to CNBC. Well, this time we're on USA network for a lot of it, but I did realize we are on NBC for the final like few hours. 
Oh, it is? It is. Yeah, they just have it wrong on their website. Oh, because the LPJ website says USA every day. But it's not. It switches over. So Thursday and Friday, what do you think? I should have looked this up. I was going to. What do you think is going to be odd like at 1 p.m. on Thursday and Friday on USA? Like what's going to follow a law, law is it law and order probably it has to be like law and order or something yeah. like that svu right i mean usa has kind of replaced nbc sports network so it there is, is more to a it. more viable network yeah that i mean they're getting premier league soccer it is different than when it's switches over to cnbc i but, love when it would switch over to like um like um it's like that witch show charmed <laughs> like i love when it's like i when things are on tnt and you're like and now we have charmed <laughs> well you know that's always funny is during the men ncaa men's final four or ncaa tournament some of the games are on true tv oh and true tv is the same thing Amazing. so if you're at a bar like the next day you go to b-dubs <laughs> or something for lunch and you'll turn on the tv and it's whatever weird shows on true tv so it's definitely the same thing here someone's television gets left on usa they're going to wake up to yes. turn it on to charmed or svu or one of those shows but no lots of live coverage yeah, lots of good really coffee good. golf yeah i love stuff that comes on early in the morning on the east coast so yeah and i mean i'm taking thursday i'll be off work by then so i can watch some coffee golf right. you, can, you, can, you can watch the women's open at Muirfield before your wedding what you a know, thrill what a thrill i'm sure all the girlies around <laughs> me are gonna want to watch that too. right exactly <laughs> um so yes thursday and friday 6 a.m to 1 p.m on usa saturday sunday 8 a.m to noon and then it does switch over to nbc from 12 to 3 saturday and sunday so uh at least you know my big thing is like when you're i know it's not really flipping the channels but when you're like looking at whether it's youtube tv or whatever you're doing on your tv now um i always appreciate being like stumbling upon golf and that doesn't always happen so right. i'm glad it is totally agree um so yes that's our coverage i'm glad we are on nbc at some point mm -hmm. um but now i feel like gotta just like talk about who's playing i think that's a great idea great so um within the field we have 11 past champions uh last year's champion was anna norquist it was her third major um and the year before that was Sofia Popov, which was obviously a very emotional and big win for her. She, you know, a lot of the time you hear the soundbite of her saying, like, I was going to give up playing golf. Um, so great past champions. Um, but I will say, like, I don't really feel like many of them have continued that momentum after they've won. Yep. Um, and then something I also, did you know that it wasn't a major until 2001? I did know that. And so I would have never expected that. Well, when you look at the the women's British Open on you know Wikipedia, it's an interesting list of recent champions, and that yeah. you have premier premier players. Yes. You have Yanni Seng at the top of her power. You know Lorena Ochoa. Mm -hmm. Really, you know Aria Jatanagarn, NB Park, Stacey Lewis when she won at St Andrews, and then you sprinkle that in with Sofia Popov, who now has become more recognizable, but totally. still is, you know, hasn't won a ton. Mm -hmm. And Yako Shibuno, again, more recognizable, hasn't won a ton. And then you have Mo Martin eight years ago. I know. Big win. A, a big but... win, but kind of a, a flash in the pan. So you really, yeah. in this event, you either have superstar at the, you know, height of their power wins, yes. 
or you have relative speaking unknown. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's, it's very interesting. I think I tend to sway, especially if you like the game of golf is trending this way. If you look at who won the majors this year, mm-hmm. all very, very successful players. Mm-hmm. I also think it's interesting to look at the past champions at Muirfield. You look at the guys, great champions, Gary player, Jack Nicholas, Lee Trevino, Tom Watson, Faldo twice, Ernie Els, Phil Mickelson. And then the one senior British open they had was won by Watson. I know that is all time elite. Like most courses, when you host multiple major championships, there's always an outlier (laughs) or someone that's, yeah, he's a nice player, but he's not an all time great. And going back to the late fifties, when Gary player won there, every player is a multiple time major winner Hall of Fame, no doubt. I know. Elite I hope we get that. That's one on that golf course. I know. And I think when you look at that trend, when you look at kind of who has won recently on tour, who has won, you know, this major championship, while there are some outliers, I think you got to look at the top. You have to look at the top 20, 25 in the world and maybe even less. Well, what's great about that is 18 of the top 20 in the world are playing. <laughs> right. Um, but I do have to give a shout out to Laura Davies, who is also playing and is a past champion of the Women's British. She won in 86. So before it was a major, couldn't even tell you what golf course it was. But um, shout out to her for just like keeping it going. And I, you know, I read, I think it was Beth Ann who wrote, Beth Ann or it was on LPGA.com, wrote an article about um, just like women being excited. It wasn't LPGA.com. It was about people being excited that they're getting to finally play near field. And Laura Davies was like, I'm obviously playing in this. So I think it's great. I'm, you know, very cool. Good group of people. Um, and then of the amateurs competing, we have Anna Davis who won the Augusta national women's amateur Rosang, and then the 2022 women's amateur champion, Jess Baker, who I don't, really know any of the european players well was she in curtis cup i don't know but breaking news oh exciting oh ingrid fact, <laughs> go ahead <laughs> one of my favorite players <laughs> qualified today at north barrack i think she shot six under the Dominant french braid is coming back she's bringing her single braid her swedish colored uh uniform her lsu team bag U.S. Women's oh Open star who just finished outside the top 10. Ingrid Lindland is back. She's back in a major where she belongs. <laughs> she She's belongs. trending. Dominated North Bear today. She's going to drive a few miles down the road for her practice round tomorrow. She's not going to wear a hat and she's going to just kick butt. So if we want to get to who my low amateur I, yes. winner is, it's Ingrid Lindblad again. I bet she, I think she could win the whole championship. Personally, <laughs> that might be biased, but I love everything about her. Uh, you're gonna come to the wedding vibe. on Saturday. You're gonna be like, did you see how Ingrid? Right. Today? Like, she no. won't. I know she won't let me down. No, I have she won't. A hundred percent confidence. The thing with Ingrid and her demeanor, she might not actually even know it's a major. (laughs) She just is golfing her golf ball. 
And I think that's really the best quality of anyone. You know, where's the first tee and what's the course record? I love that attitude. Um, And then somebody else that I wanted to at least mention, and also the the, uh, RNA did a video about her that came out today, is Louise Duncan. She won the Women's Amateur Championship in 2021 and finished tied for 10th at the 2021 Women's British Open. But she has gone pro because I was like, why isn't there an A next to her name? Um, So she must have wanted to playing Curtis Cup and then, you know, Very move on. Yeah. And local player, Katrina Matthew, who is from mm. the area is also playing. Love so it. Really a cool field. Great field. A lot of good yeah. stories, a lot of, you know, generational Hall of Fame type players, coupled with some up and comers, coupled with the top 20. So yeah. as always in these majors, there's lots of natural storylines. Yeah. Should we do our picks? Yes. Okay. So you already did your amateur pick of Ingrid. I had Rosang. I know. Super original. (laughs) She has not been low am at a major yet this year. Well, and I was looking the last time she was low am was uh, 2020 at Chevron. Um, so girlfriend is due. Um, most, I I added a, um, category most unoriginal pick. What's yours? Very good at those. Unoriginal pick. A pick. Okay, so this is a pick of someone that's so obvious. Yes. That will play well, that we know will play well, and that we like. Okay, that's easy. And they me. probably won't win because we are right. kind of poor at picks. But I'm going to pick in that regard, uh, Lydia Ko. Oh, that was mine. Right. Well, that's unoriginal. That's if I should <laughs> do the same. All right. Well, hopefully she plays well. Mm-hmm. Uh, past champions. Okay. My past champion is also my pick to win. Oh, my gosh. Who? And that player has trended very well recently, competed and was in the mix at Evian, was in the mix at the Scottish, has a great major championship record and a great record in the Women's British Open. Okay. Has made seven, she has seven straight top 34 performances in majors, three top tens, has finished in the top five, three out of the last five years in the women's British and that is Solheim Cup veteran Georgia Hall. She is my she is my former champion who is my pick to win. She's right around 20th in the uh, Rolex rankings. I think she's just a consistent Lynx major championship player. I will be very surprised if she's not in the top 10. Now this is also the kiss of death which means yeah, that really Georgia will in. get the bad end of the weather or somehow lose a ball and something terrible will happen to her. She'll get food poisoning or something because I picked her. But I am very optimistic about Georgia playing well again in this major. She hasn't had like a stellar year. What? What? Are you sure about that? Yes, because she I wrote... Won- I wrote. She won won a Ramco (laughs) event, I believe. Okay, well, fine. But I remember past champions. My pick was none. None. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think any of them are gonna win. Wow. So let me tell you why, though. I was looking at Sophia Popov, for example. Mm -hmm. She's made about half the cuts that she's Mm -hmm. competed in this year. Same with Hanako Shibuno. Mm -hmm. Georgia Hall had one. She just finished like fourth. One top ten finish. She didn't, where'd she finish fourth? Oh my gosh. We're going to do this again. We're going to do this. Look like a certain line during the podcast. Okay. She finished second at the LET Aramco series event in London. Okay. Tied for 21st at the women's PGA championship, eighth at Evian 
and 18th last week. And 34th at the Women's Open. 34th, that's a cut made. I know. I'm just, I mean, you, you are- know. I know, but honestly, I was like, no, none of these, none of these athletes okay, are going to win. So I, I said none. Fine, none. 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 Um, and then Good luck to none. Your dark horse. All right. You got to think about someone that's off the radar that people won't expect to win, but maybe you kind of like, or maybe has, you know, played tough in other majors. And this player played tough, real tough at, um, Pine Needles wants to get back on Solheim Cups, and that's Bronte Law. Mm, I so, like that one. Bronte Law is a player that I believe is going to play well here. I think she wants to show well playing in the UK, being English, even though it's in Scotland. And I will pick Brant, Bronte Law as my kind of pseudo dark horse under the radar player. Great. Mine, so I'm bad at these. Mine is a Tyathitical, and I know she's not like under the radar. She's under the radar. She's like six. I know. Well, I just went and looked. No, she's just fifth on mine. But she, frankly, like, I don't think the general public is picking her to win. I, you know, I think that you would see them saying Lydia Covnelli. That's fair. Bronte lost like 92nd in the world. I at least scrolled. See, I didn't scroll. But another fun fact about Atiyah Thitical is that she was low am at the championship in 2018 and 19. That is a fun fact. Thank you. So, you know, it was to me, it was more about like public perception rather than. So your picks are the number one amateur in the world for low amateur. Yeah. Um, your um, who you really want to see do well is Lydia Ko, currently yeah. ranked fourth in the world. And your dark horse, <laughs> she did fall a spot, is okay. a Tidical, who is ranked sixth in the world. Great. Once again, Abby's <laughs> picks are phenomenal. <laughs> and very, Abby's picks are super obvious. Very, yeah, very yeah, chalky. I'm surprised you didn't just throw Minji Lee in there as an ancillary. <laughs> oh, I think she'll play well have. too. I should have. She probably will. Right. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, one of these days we're going to hit a player or we're just going to start naming off 20 names. Well, that's what I need to start doing is just like closing my eyes <laughs> and doing a little scroll. And then, like, what do I land on? Catherine Kirk. Can't wait to see her play well. Is she in the field? I don't know. Okay, let's confirm. Field. I feel like she can't be. She's 150. Catherine Kirk does not look to be in the field. Yeah. So the scrolling game is a little hard. I would like to see Cheyenne Knight play well. She keeps like hovering at the top of the leaderboard, Mm -hmm. like in the second and third rounds, and just isn't finishing well. Um I know we'd like to see Lilia Vu do well. Yeah. You know, Sophia Schubert, who played so well at Evian. We didn't mention her. Nope. You know, she's another great young player that we'd like to see. She's really turned her career around based on the the one or turned her year around, I should say, based on one finish. So crazy. Yeah. A lot of players that are fan favorites and personal favorites, but I really believe the golf course will deliver. Yeah. The event will deliver. And well, I guess even when you think about it, last year with Anna Norquist winning and how close that was coming down the stretch and with the Sophia Popov story before that. Great story. Georgia event, Hall, great story. This event really is kind of killing it, if you will, from that standpoint. I think so, too. Yeah, good for them. And, you know, good for them for um, continuing to host at great venues. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I just wanted to see next year, Walton Heath. I don't know that one, which I is don't bad, know much but, about Walton Heath and then 24 St. Andrews. So I do um, know something about that place. Yes. So, Hey, St. Andrews, we will be playing there from the, for the ladies Scotland trip next year. So, you know, awesome. Uh, feel free to get on the wait list because we are sold out, but we definitely go through the wait list. So definitely go to for the ladies if you want to check out Scotland, watch some of the golf this weekend. I will probably not watch a ton of it to be honest, but I will, watch Sarah, watch coffee golf from here, <laughs> which will be great. She'll be thriving. Um, no, I think it's going to be awesome. Anything else that you want to cover know. off on? Any final thoughts, anything you're worried about for your wedding? Is your um, fiance going to, I mean, is, is he, he going to get to town? In time? To <laughs> Probably not. Um, the wedding golf stresses me out a little bit, but I think now that we sent the final communication about it today, that's good. We got mm-hmm. a good crew playing. Um, no, it's going to be great. I'm not okay. worried about it. Um, it's a great attitude. You yeah. can't control anything. No, it's been two years. It's time to right. get the show on the road. Right. Um, but aside from that, some four ladies announcements. We do have some fun new hats on Imperial's website. Um, so you can just go to fortheladies.net or go to the link in our Instagram bio to get those. We got a bucket hat now. And if you have kids, we made a junior sized hat. Um, so definitely check those out. They're really cute. Um, good for any gender as well um that's all i got all right time to just you know do the wedding and talk watch about a major championship watch a major championship is there like does the season continue after this week the season does <laughs> the season does continue I hate that. there's an there's an asian swing coming up oh man there's the, there's two there's our hometown oh, Toledo, yes. ohio event coming up there's a new event in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. We have the CP Women's Open in Canada. Oh, there's so a lot. There oh, is a Texas. lot of season to go. Yes. But this is the uh, this is the end of the major championship season. Gosh, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. It, so. It's been good. And I, yeah, I was putting together our um, like stuff you should know for our Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. We've had great major champions this year. Chevron, Jennifer Cupshaw, yeah. Women's Open, Minji Lee, KPMG, and G Chun, who, you know, it was her first major championship in a long time. And then of course, Brooke Henderson with Evian. So a pretty solid, like right. lineup so of people. It's all pointing towards another really, really deserving, strong champion. All right. Well, thanks again, Justin. Thank you, Abby. Looking Job forward well to done. it. Best of luck this weekend. Thank you. See you there. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>